Hello there. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete is brought to you by No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow, an in-the-round collaborative project that features folk artists Caroline Solabello, Karen Oliver, and the Yayas. And they are playing live this weekend, Friday the 7th in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania, Saturday the 8th in Rockville, Maryland, Sunday the 9th in Asheville, North Carolina, and Tuesday right here in New York City as part of WFUV's John Platt's On Your Radar show at the Rockwood Music Hall. So go to facebook.com backslash nofussandfeathersroadshow to check out those dates. And if you're in any of those places, go see them. They're awesome. Okay. Now on with Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Thanks. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Berman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 167, coming to you live from Comac, New York, and Bayside, New York. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, talking New York sports nice. Hi. Episode number 167. That's a lot of episodes, you guys. Streaming and recording live. It is Thursday night. It is 10 p.m. It is March the 6th, 2014. Holy cow, it's March already. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. I am one of your hosts, the aforementioned Sam Pete, Steve San Pietro. And uh, we're going to talk about sports for the next hour and a half or so. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We may, you know, we may talk about the Oscars. We may talk about uh, Blossom. Whatever comes up, we're going to talk about. But we, we definitely have a, uh, a list of things that we want to talk about. Starting with uh, the Rangers and the Islanders making deals at the trade deadline. Very different deals. Very different feelings in the fan base. And then it's all quiet on the Yankee front in spring training, and yet the Mets are uh, making headlines every day for doing something stupid. Continually. One team is going to probably win 90 games. The other team says it's going to win 90 games. And then, of course, NFL free agency starts next week. Uh, It's going to be crazy town. Crazy town, USA. The Islanders... (laughs) I mean, uh, the Jets uh, are going to be able to spend like drunken sailors on Fleet Week. So it's, it's going to be good times. And the Giants have a lot of needs, too. So we're going to talk about all this stuff. And the Oscars. The Oscars. Magnificent. 
I think Matthew McConaughey is still congratulating himself as we speak. All right, all right. So let's uh, let's get on with it. Let's bring in the co-host of the program, Kel. He is uh, a little louder, please, robot. I'm sorry, robot. We didn't hear you. Kel. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, the yin to my yang, the uh, hasta to my vista, baby. That doesn't that doesn't work. He's a really good friend of mine, you guys. And he's 40 now. He's not pushing 40 anymore. He's 40. So, you know, go easy on him. Things aren't things don't come as easy as they used to. Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hello, Brian, and all you're receiving me. I hear you loud and clear. How are you, Steve? What's up, brother man? Not much. Not much. How are you? I'm giving you the Tobias Fionke. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> that was not at all convincing. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a, you know, been a, been a rough sports go of it for us, for us fans lately. It has. certain teams. It has. So, but other, other than that, and, and it's all relative because otherwise I'm fine. So I really shouldn't cast a pall upon everything about me just because of my sports teams. Sure. I'm all right. Uh, I'm glad you're not casting a pall. That's a big, that's a big sentiment for you. Why I didn't cast a pall? Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, Shakespearean. That's uh, Dickinsonian. Yeah. I, I and, think and other writers. That's Joycean, I would even say. Are you that down? No, that's what I mean. I, like, I think I tend to do that ir- irresponsibly, maybe, <laughs> is the word. That is, that's, it. that's a good call. I sort, of, I sort of jump to it. Like, I should, I should save that for something really bad. That's right. There's a lot going on in the world right now. To, be, to cast a pall on the proceedings. Yeah, like maybe, maybe I should save that and not use it on Garth Snow. That's probably a good idea. Well, uh, but it's difficult not to. It is, but otherwise, you know, the long-winded answer is I'm fine. Thanks. Did you? Did you uh, no problem. How are look, you? Look, this is a weekly opportunity for you and I to uh, to catch up. Just sit here and ask how each other. Are. Yeah, to sit here and shoot it, as it were. Yeah, the breeze. Shoot the breeze. Shoot the moon. In the barrel. If it was 1925, we'd be shooting the moon tonight. We would be. And but, tripping the light fantastic. Right, but we'd be saying it like this. We're going to shoot the moon. At the Copa. Hey, I, I know what we should do for this show. We should shoot the moon. It's a breeze, you guys. Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing everything's cool. The family's back in town. Good, good. Bachelor week 2014 is over. I didn't break anything. Um, That's good. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing that wasn't uh, replaceable. It's fine. Okay. I think I, I always think of my favorite Family Ties episode. There was a kangaroo <laughs> in my living room. Uh, no, it's it's uh, great to have the fam back, and uh, the little guys like sitting up and stuff. Like I, I, I sent him to Texas for a week. He came back with a twang. And um, he drove home. He demanded a corn dog. 
going on? Is that a gun rack on your crib? <laughs> I don't I don't know if I can get behind that. No, it was great. It was uh they got to see family and everything. It was really uh, really nice. And and it brings me to uh an interesting thing I wanted to share with you before we get into the Islanders and the Rangers at the the deadline because there's there's a lot to talk about there. Um uh, my my brother-in-law, my 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 in-laws are are all from Texas, which is a country song and not a very good one. They um uh, my brother-in-law is a very big sports fan, and of course he he has all the the Texas teams. But he grew up a very big Astros fan. Okay, so he's a very big Cowboys fan. So we don't have we don't have problems. We're like we're in good shape. Like I'm not a Giants fan, so the Cowboy Jets thing we coexist quite nicely. The Astros really, I mean, other than '86, didn't we haven't really crossed paths. Well, and didn't hate him. No. And we won. In in crushing fashion. Well, yeah. So from his end, I have no problem with the Astros, but from his end, he does not care for the Mets. Really? No. That that left a mark, huh? He, he yes. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And now and now they're in the American League and they don't have any chance of redemption. This is exactly you're setting me up so beautifully. You know, because this is exactly what I wanted to tell you. He tells me the other day that th- he just had a baby boy uh, in November. Uh, oh, great. After years and years um, of waiting around for it to happen. No, I'm just kidding. But they, 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 they had a baby boy in November. He's a couple months younger than uh, Casey. And he said, it's his first child and it's his son. And he said, uh, I've decided that uh, Johnny, that's his name, Johnny Baseball. That's what they call him. Is this a given name? He said, well, his given name is Johnny Rhino. Okay. I mean, yeah. do you need a nickname? That's it. Yeah, it's the greatest name of all time. Sign him up now. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's your shortstop for years to come. Johnny Rhino? Short, he's your shortstop, he's your quarterback. That's right. That's right. Point guard. Whatever he's you every, want him to be. My nephew is everybody's All-American. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but he said, I can now, um, since the Astros have moved to the National or the American League, guess what? I've decided that the Mets are going to be Johnny's National League team. Huh. We're gonna give, I'm going to give him the Mets. Interesting. That's right. So I said, I'm still not letting Wesley root for the Astros. No, I... <laughs> I said, I said, you know, we can do this. We get some sort of cooperative situation going where I can make the Astros Wesley's American League team. I, I like the Astros. There's nothing wrong with them. Well, and one of our hometown heroes is an Astro hero. And we'll, go into, legend. The, we'll go into the Hall of Fame as an Astro. Sure. If he ever gets there. <laughs> hey, listen. So, listen. So did, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I think you should have used it to break the news music. <laughs> we don't we don't have that cart anymore. We don't have oh. a breaking news one. Oh, that's right. We, we purged. That music can only mean one thing, Peach. Well, uh, no, <laughs> it can only mean two things. Peach. A, a, <laughs> Peach and David Cal. Gilmore's here. <laughs> right. A, you're in the village seeing a really lousy cover band. Oh, come on. Or B... The bishop is back. Hi. 
there, Cal, it's him. It's him. It is him. It's, it's, it's not somebody doing an impression of him, is it? Somebody do it. I did not teach my brother how to do PJ. It's really, is it really if you? Someone, if someone did an instant impression of me, what would that mean? I think uh, the universe would fall apart. Hey, it is good to be back, man. Man. Look, look at you. I look good, what, don't I? What would, it, what would an impression of you sound like? Can you do you doing you? Ah. Your brother did an impression of me because he dressed up as me for Halloween one year. Oh, that's magnificent. And a lot of it was... Oh, it was great to see him in my clothes. A lot of it was um, my grunting routine, which apparently I do a lot. When I turn or bend or pick something up, I do a lot of... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he just walked around the Halloween party doing that. The the best part is that was in uh, that was like 22 years ago, and you were still you were still like grunting every time you pick something. Oh, there it is. Oofa! I was raised. I thought that was the sound you had to make when you did these things because I grew up in a house of people of groaners. <laughs> That's a terrible show, by the way. House of Groaners? My, yeah. My, that shows My not dad's doing a well. natural groaner. Just getting out of a chair. Duh, 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 duh. There it is. And then he's up. <laughs> Whether or not Sounds like the theme song to House of Groaner. That's the theme song to House of Groaner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even matter if it's taking him effort. He's got to make Louis the Louis Armstrong and, sings it. And so I did it too. <laughs> Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Doesn't seem to house <laughs> House of Groaners. I think it's I think we should make it singular so it's Shakespearean. House of Again. Groaner? House of Groaner. <laughs> House of Groaner. We're gonna be on well, Game and then, of Thrones. And then, well, <laughs> right. and then the spin off Growing Up Groaner. Growing up Groaner. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the kids. Let me ask you a question, uh Bishop. The Bishop. I've it's yes. been so long I've forgotten how to address you. Charlie. Let's just go with would Charlie. You, would you say that I'm glad you came on at the top here because we could we, do you want to talk about the Oscars? Are you going to be able to hang around for a little while or do you, are you on a limited time frame here? I have only one thing to say about the Oscars, so that's fine. <laughs> All right. Should I, I think you should, should I say it. it now? I think you should say it now. McConaughey. I love it. I really? love it. Yeah. Because well, cause I, I don't think it was an award for his single performance. I think that was an award for his renaissance. Because he stopped doing taking your shirt off romantic comedies uh, and started doing crazy-ass dramas and and really throwing himself into it. So if you add up uh, Dallas Buyers Club and Killer Joe and um, uh, True Detective, which is not even a film. Uh, I th- I think he was getting credit for coming around, and his speech was terrific. I had no idea the guy was so devout. You wait, okay. I have a couple of issues. <laughs> I'm shocking you, aren't I? I have a question and an issue. Steve San Pietro, ready to win load sports. 
I um thanks for uh taking my call. I um Do you think that true detective And don't forget like the voting is done 2 weeks before the Oscars. Like the right. voting is completed. Right. Do you think even though it's not a movie do you think True Detective and how good he's been on True Detective factored into him winning that Oscar? Totally. Really? That's totally. usually a, that's a conspiracy, Steve, usually. Wasn't the voting in already, though? Mm-mm. No? Mm, no. No, the Oscar... that night? Oscar voting... No, <laughs> that night. <laughs> There's a little ballot box outside as you're going in. Can they... Everyone's got controllers under their seats. Vote can now. They, can the audience vote? <laughs> it's like American For Idol. Bruce Dern, press the green button. <laughs> yeah. Text 6454 <laughs> from Bruce Dern. Standard, standard messaging rates do apply. Um, no, do you? I, I think it did. I really do. I think it did. I think it did too. Yeah. I really think that they're I looking think at. They were like DiCaprio, and they they said DiCaprio. Ah, uh, he'll do that again. Because DiCaprio turned in a DiCaprio performance. But do you, but uh, but that's an interesting. That brings me. I'll get back to my issue with his speech. That brings me to another question, though. Do you mm-hmm. think this was? Do you think this was a, from McConaughey a? Well, he's never going to do this again. We 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 really should give it to him. Maybe. Whereas Maybe DiCaprio, little, he'll be he'll be back. He's Scorsese's boy. He'll be back. They definitely said that about DiCaprio. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is what his fourth nomination, and he hasn't won yet. Titanic, uh, Aviator. Um. Uh, what's the uh, what's the movie uh, the 1950s uh, the very book Kate Winslet won he did not Revolutionary didn't Road he win, didn't he win something for Gilbert Grape No I think he was nominated for Best Supporting I don't think he won He didn't win Okay But it, it, Revolutionary Road was the one that I thought for sure he was going to win and he didn't oh, And okay. now Wolf of Wall Street he wasn't nominated for Gangs of New York right Man I hope not <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Wolf of Wall Street was not universally loved as I think people thought it was going to be coming out of the gate. You know, coming out, it was like, this is another Scorsese powerhouse. Look at this. It's going to be bingo, bango. And then it was like, oh, this is kind of abrasive. And uh, He did not win anything. glorifying he, here. DiCaprio has not won anything. He was nominated... For what's eating Gilbert Grape, supporting yeah. actor, mm-hmm. and then nominated for the Aviator. He was not nominated for Titanic. He wasn't. No, no, she, no. W- she was right. She was. He was not, and the movie won. Yes. Well, but, he, uh, but uh, so the Aviator. What Blood choice Diamond did they is, have? Is the movie you were thinking of? Blood, Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. <laughs> is, that, is that a true story? <laughs> about a diamond you can get blood from. You can't get blood from a stone. You can get it from a diamond. Uh, and Wolf of Wall Street. Did anybody see Blood Diamond? Anyone? No. He does, he does the South African dialect in that. Very difficult. Did you see it? Uh, no, of course not. 
Okay. I saw half of it. Does that count? Right. And I fell asleep. He did win a Golden Globe Award. Yes. Two, The Aviator and The Wolf of Wall Street. Are you seeing how the Golden Globe... But that's also because there's different categories there. There's drama and... They had Wolf of Wall Street as a comedy this year, right? A musical or comedy. Yeah, musical or comedy. Because it's hilarious. Should, should have been a musical. <laughs> well, it's... I'm the wolf, the wolf of Wall Street. I have so much money. <laughs> Do you want to see my phallus? I am the wolf. Phallus, that's not the right word, is it? I was, I was doing so you're, well. You're what? This, that, the, Seth, uh, not Seth. Uh, it shows his, uh, his, uh, Gumasi Gamanet. His family guy? He says, how's your father? <laughs> he shows his, he shows his bits and pieces. I see. What's his name? His, his Seth? His, it's not Seth. Seth Green, Seth Rogen. Jonah Hill. No. How about that? Thank you. Jonah Hill. How about we go Jonah Hill? I'd get there eventually. I wasn't following you. I'm sorry. I am the wolf. The wolf of Wall Street. Worst musical ever. How, but I, I heard the same thing about American Hustle, though. I heard wonderfully acted. You know, keep in mind, with the seven-month-old, I haven't seen anything. Right. Uh, but I heard great, tremendously acted movie, not a great movie. David O. Russell. Okay. Do we really... Uh, can I get you guys' opinion on the nine pictures thing for best picture? Too many. Still, right? We all agree yeah. that's too many. Are, are we the only ones? Why is this still happening? doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't bother me. For real? Yeah, I, don't, I don't like it. doesn't bother me, no. But there, there are movies in there that have zero chance to win. Zero. Like Nebraska? Like Nebraska. So why bother? Like Philomena. I mean, come on. I mean, is it, it's, it's, it's so blatantly a marketing thing and so blatant that uh, blatantly, you know, for them to slap a Academy Award nominated for Best Picture tag on something. Just go back to, you can go to six. What is, it was always five, right? It was five. You know, they can do up to ten. That's too much. That's ridiculous. Come on now. Come on now. Why not That's just enough. read the whole roster of movies Why that were released that year? Everything released that year. Right. <laughs> uh, did, I, I had a problem. I was, I was going to get back to McConaughey's speech. Um, wow. That was, uh, wow. That was something. I think, you know, he probably could have found a way to uh, acknowledge the guy he played in the movie. Maybe. Just saying. I mean, while he was talking about his dad dancing in his underwear in heaven drinking a Miller Lite. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could throw in a nod to the gentleman you played in the movie. Because it's biographical? Because it's biographical. Just, uh, you know... I'm, just, I'm saying, if, if he played Sinbad, you wouldn't expect him to say, and I want to talk about Sinbad. But if he played Sinbad, he's not winning an Oscar. I don't know. I mean, he won an Oscar because he played a compelling figure. Who, mm-hmm. is, who is real? 
It just he could just a shout out, Peach. It was an eight minute speech. Just asking for a, <laughs> and a, twenty seconds. And of course, I wouldn't be standing up here if it wasn't for you. Just right. that's all, because because you wouldn't be. All right, all right. Oh, I'm um, so glad he threw that in. I, that was excellent. And I loved Bill Murray, of course, giving the Howard Ramis uh, tribute during Cinematographer, which was great. What did you think of the show overall, Peach? Give me your uh, Ellen impressions. Well, that's a tough one. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the I, actually can, I actually can do one. I've done one before, but it's not happening tonight. You look so much like her. I do. Thank you. Strongly resemble her. I dress her. like her. In smart pantsuits? Yes. Yes. And I've what been known to smart? break into dance. What makes them smart? I want to know. I don't, you can't really define it. It's just when you see it, you know. Right. Oh, that's a smart pantsuit. Smart suit. Yeah. If it's not sexy, but still looks clean and expensive, it's smart. That's it. Clean. Mr. Blackwell. <laughs> oh my! The Did you watch the red carpet show too? The Bishop Calvin Klein. Uh, it was it was on. I did not pay it much uh, attention. The red carpet show. Yeah, that's always bigger in this house than the actual Oscars. Are you? Do your girls get into it, Cal? Are they getting into the Oscars now, or oh. like the, or just the red carpet stuff? <clears throat> no, they they could care less about it, all of it. It's the wife. That just that loves the Joan Rivers, right? That's industry standard. Hey, you know who did a great job on the red carpet? Because we watched it too. Oh, you did watch it? Yeah, I. You know. Well, then I then I take it back. No, I went to uh, uh, my brother's house. I watched it with my brother, and my sister in law, and and uh, my niece who's seventeen and very judgy, but in a good way. <laughs> she's judgy because she's funny and she's smart, and she's never mean. It's kind of nice, but um. And we were watching the red carpet thing. You know, that Kelly Osborne. Good job. She cleaned up would, a little bit. You know what? She... I, I was going to jump on that and say, you're going to say Kelly Osborne. She really, she really has done a really, it's a big turnaround. Good for her. There's, there's the comeback red carpet host of the year. Right. She's a credit to her wow. breed. I don't, that's a little strong. <laughs> <laughs> she redeems the family name. Oh, uh, she, the Osborne. Oh, I okay. Yeah. I was okay. hoping you didn't mean women. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's a credit to her race and gender. <laughs> like, wow. I just all I said was she did a nice job, not looking like two cents worth of yeah. God help us. Lovely violet hair. She pulled it off, though. See, and I thought McConaughey's speech was kind of cool. I'm not saying it wasn't cool, because everything he does is cool. See, I I disagree with that a lot. I think he had ten lost years where he didn't know what to do on screen. That doesn't mean he wasn't cool while he was doing it. Mm. Uh, Failure to launch. Yeah. Give me the Gene Shallot, Cal. Game over. Failure to watch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, re- 
He relied on all right, all right, all right for literally for ten years. And no shirt, right? And and then at some point he was like, oh, maybe I can't act a little bit. But you know, I've heard Bill Simmons, the sports guy, on his podcast, the BS Report, said something that I thought was kind of great. He was sort of playing devil's advocate, but he said um, in Dallas Buyers Club, wasn't he just kind of like lost a lot of weight and was playing himself, <laughs> like and just just lost a ton of weight and was being himself. Like it was that was that a tremendous stretch. And uh, the the person he was doing a podcast with was like, yeah, still, definitely. But uh, are there any transformative performances? Like was Jared Leto's performance, by the way, that's a good looking guy. No, he's, yeah, he's that's a pretty beautiful. He's very pretty, Cal. He could be the new Jesus painting if he's if he's careful. He plays his card right. Be <laughs> careful. I uh, you just gotta watch his step, but <laughs> just, it could get out of hand. I used to uh, I used to wait on him quite a bit in Los Angeles, at one particular restaurant yeah. I worked at. Because uh, he's beautiful. No, because you see. That's right. I sang the song as well. <laughs> You're beautiful. Um, no, he used to come in all the time with his then girlfriend, uh, Cameron Diaz, and um, they used to come in uh, for late lunch at this place. It was a restaurant. It was like a real casual, good restaurant that a lot of people, a lot of celebrities used to go to. And uh, I'm not name dropping or anything here. I used to wait on him. It's not like we hung out. <laughs> no, but. Uh, funny to see like him and Cameron Diaz sitting at a table and he's far prettier. Yeah. He was, he was like, man, I say this with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality. That's a very I pretty understand. guy. I yeah. understand. No, he was, uh, he was pretty, he was doing the 30 seconds to Mars thing. Yeah. At the time he had, Jordan Catalano had stopped acting. He, st- right. he still does the 30 seconds to Mars thing. He does. Yeah. Oh, they've got a great looking documentary. Yeah. How do? You, uh, wait, wait, wait. How, why are they making documentaries? Because well, because he's an a, Oscar winner now. No. How about an album I've heard of. They're in a there. huge lawsuit uh, because they're being sued by their own label. Oh. Fine. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. You get it? You know what they should do? A documentary. Probably, probably be re- probably be really obviously you two are not on board with this one. It looks really good. Beast. I'd have, I I'd have called, to see a little bit. I think it's called Artifact. Download the trailer. Who uh, who's their label, Peach? Uh, EMI maybe. He's grunting. It's called Ninety Minutes to Mars. He's gr- it's an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. And PJ groaned. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I could not name a song that they've done, but I know I've heard them and thought that it wasn't bad. That's fair. But I couldn't. Like I couldn't tell you right now the name of a song. I'm not sure I could they, get that far. They like to do the epic. Yeah. And they they appeal very much to like my nephew, who's sort of you know, 18 and taking on the world. 
Is it um, my chemical romancy? A little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Although uh, MCR there is a little bit more screamo, um, and Thirty Seconds to Mars a little less screaming, a little more singing. Wow. Subtle jab in My Chemical Romance. Well Not at all. I love that band, and you know it. I know you do. All right. What did you think of... Uh, let's wrap up our Oscar speech. Uh, our, <laughs> they're playing the music. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> they didn't play the music for anyone. That's why that show was 30 minutes too long. They didn't play the music. Mars? Will you stop? Please. Listen. Please. Let me just say it. They gave the people what they asked for. There were so many outcries for the last five years about playing everybody off. Like, no one remembers Gwyneth Paltrow. So they let everybody go on. Do your speech. I think the show's pacing was fine. And you thought Ellen did a good job, bad job, in between jab. Rated, overrated, underrated. Solid. She was low-key mostly. Uh, some of her jokes didn't land, but it's, that's a, it's a terrible crowd to work in front of, I think. It's the... A bunch um, of n- nervous, conceited people waiting to hear their name. They're not there for your jokes. It's hard to break that too, tension. Way too much crowd work, too. Like, did they uh, but I, decide you know, not to write for her? Like, but they I put just, her in the crowd like ten times. Haven't you noticed right. that more often with, with award shows, though, that they seem to be doing that a lot more? Right, but they give them something to do. Like, they, this was like, go vamp and, you know, talk to famous people and touch Martin Scorsese's shoulder. Right. right. Order pizza. Yeah, of course. Order pizza. What do you guys think of the selfie? Give me, the, give me your selfie assessment. Self-assessment. I, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm a hell of a dancer. Next question. I, I didn't. I thought, I didn't it, I thought it, it was charming. What did you say, Cal? I said I didn't hate it at the time, and I've grown to hate it now because it's become too much of a thing. Well, you hate it when anything becomes a thing. I do. You're not a thing guy. No, no, I'm not on board with things. I. <laughs> yeah, too much. Never okay. listened to a Beatle album. What are they, some big thing? Please, don't, everybody don't tell me who to listen to. <laughs> I'll decide. Oh, is that the thing? The Beatles? <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, I thought my favorite, I thought it was charming at the time, too. I don't have a <laughs> the clearly visceral reaction that Cal's had to what it's become. I, uh, I loved how Bradley Cooper, though, was so pleased he got the shot. <laughs> Like he really was. Like there was there was this look of genuine excitement that he like oh look they're just like us. But I don't mean it to sound that way. But like somebody trying to get this great picture at like a family yeah. event, and he got it. He was like I think I got it. You know, like he like looked at it and it's like I think I got it. Like I yeah. think I got us all in here. I thought I that think was it's great. Funny Kevin Spacey looking up over the top. That was yeah. You know. Kevin Spacey basically photo bomb. Did you see Benedict Cumberpatch like? Uh, Cumberbatch like photobomb like 15 pictures <laughs> including one of you two on the red carpet that's just tremendous <laughs> no I didn't like, see he, 
He's <laughs> look it up, Peach. It's you can Google it. He's literally like jumping in the air and doing like a beetle like, again with the Beatles, that thing. Um and like jumping in the air behind them, photobombing the picture. It's so good. What did you think of the uh the musical uh numbers? The nominated songs, that is. First of all. Oh boy. Yeah. That's right. You're getting a first of all. We got into a very long uh, discussion about the in memoriam section before the before the telecast. Uh, my my sister in law and I got into a great, really great discussion. It bordered on debate, but it never went there. About uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman getting the hammer and being the last picture, and how his death is being treated by Hollywood and was treated by the news and. It was it was really interesting because we had talked about it on the show here, guys, that it was tragic. But w- what we talked about wasn't necessarily the heroin aspect or the, you know, the, the overdose aspect as being tragic. We talked about it being tragic. We don't get to see him act anymore. Yeah. Right. And, you know, we're going to miss out on 10, 15, 20 years of, of these wonderful performances by an elite actor. So we, we had this whole thing going, and my sister-in-law, who's awesome but extraordinarily Irish, <laughs> you know, is like, look, everybody gets three seconds. That's it. Nobody should get longer than anybody else. Okay? What? Because you were an actor, you get longer than the cinematographer? What if his family's in the audience? Three seconds, that's it. Everybody gets their three seconds, and that's it. You're dead? Let's move on. And I and by the end of that, she sort of like got me behind it. Like I'm like, you know what? You're right. Everybody should just get three seconds. Who the hell are you? Hmm. So when we so she swayed you, she swayed me. All right. So when we're watching, and then the in memoriam comes on, guys, Bette Midler. Did we need the second song? Did we need the wind beneath my wings? <laughs> uh, no Contractually, It was unnecessary I mean it was more than unnecessary It was annoying to me And low, they cut point of the show. They cut 60 seconds Out of each of the nominated songs But let her do The four minute tour de force <laughs> When beneath <laughs> my wings <laughs> It's like, can't, can you do a 60-second version, please? After, like, bow. a three-minute three in-memoriam. It was, like, yeah. nine minutes of in-memoriam time. Oh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman got the hammer, and he was on twice the time that everybody else was. And they forgot Dennis Farina, by the way. Dennis Farina. That's not a... Come on now. No, he's, he's, he's not a big I, player. Well, I think they left Philip Seymour Hoffman up because the applause was not stopping. I don't think Everybody, so. I think, that's, I think that was the production, and here comes Bette Midler to sing a 27-minute cashmere version of Wind Beneath My Wings. Well, and they also might have held it because, you know, she was not on her mark. You know, that's, that's they were going to go to black... That's also true. And then hold it in black till till Fatty got out on stage. <laughs> that would have been it's bad not, TV. At right, least put a picture a, up there. It took her a month to get out to her mark. It really did. 
Hey, hey, bet. Take the express, okay, madam. What's what do they call her? The divine madam. Is that her nickname? Divine Miss M. Is Thank what you. We call her. Divine. Who's we? They. <laughs> we and they together. I said they. I totally said they. What are you talking about? I said they. That's <laughs> divine Miss M. Sorry, Cal. Didn't mean to uh, to offend. Well, that's her name. Well, that's, that's what she goes by. I can't watch yeah. the In Memoriam uh, segment anyway. I blubber. I don't know what it is. I get very touched. I think we... Uh, I think you also universally of your grandparents, if you ever watch the Oscars with one of your grandparents. No. So you, so you can hear the... Uh, no, it was my grandmother's sister. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Or she would say, "Oh, look how old he got. Yeah, he he got old, all right. He got he got so old he's dead. Right. <laughs> he's he's definitely he didn't age well, Grams, because cause he's dead. Uh, but yeah, she, oh, I didn't know he. You'd get five of those in there. Oh, yeah, ooh, she died. Oh, she died. <laughs> oh. Oh well." <laughs> oh, he died. I didn't realize me. that. I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Oh, oh well. At least. So wait. So what did you what did you think of of, of the the nominated songs? The Karen O and the U two and the Adele Dazim and the. You had a first of one. all, yeah. Uh, Pharrell. Uh, in, I think the U two. I think the U two song is awful. I'm pretty much done with you two. Is that is that bad? Um, you're treading lightly, I think, if you're done with them right now. You should be. I should be treading lightly. You should. I guess you should be. No, I'm, I don't mean personally with me. Like I'm like, <laughs> watch watch your step. But you too. Sorry. I I just no. I I mean in general. I think I think they're still quite revered. Yeah, I guess so, huh? You know, well, like Spring, it's like Springsteen. They're a tremendous live band. They're unbelievable live. And they do a lot of their old catalog live. I am not particularly pleased with anything that they've done in the last five years. It all sounds like rehash. But do you like I, that song? Eh. <laughs> Please give us a groan. It's just an eh. It's like, oh, okay. That's it's nice. Not particularly. Yeah, I, I didn't. And what was with the uh, the the kids uh, sitting on the on the floor there with the guitar? Sitting Sometimes the you need the kids on the floor. Sitting on the steps, nice. That was nice. Was you didn't like that? I liked it. It got ripped to shreds. It got ripped up on on the twitters. And you're not a fan of that Pharrell song, huh? The happy. I do like that song. Everybody likes that song. What's wrong with you? You, you have you have to like. Yeah, it. I, I may I may I may not like that song. I don't have a choice. Yeah, no, that song's great. It's the new Hey Now. Good call. You're right. I didn't make it. I ripped that off. Somebody somebody else said that. Totally ripped that off. I think but I thought it was as good as. It's about as good as we can get right now. That's all. I'll yeah. Say. And the uh, the you know the the There's song from Frozen, so the song from Frozen, you know I don't uh, I don't get uh, the 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 blueberries. It's nice, 
It's a nice song. Yeah, I think if you had two daughters instead of two sons, that's right. It might change for you. Or if I was uh, our friend Dr. Eraset, who also <laughs> somehow yeah. inexplicably adores that song. He's got a daughter. It's yeah, kind of like being a 12-year-old boy and hearing we're not going to take it. What, for, for a girl? For a girl to hear Let It Go. Let It Go. I, it's, a, it is a, it's a little bit of an anthem. Sorry, I have to say it, it that way every time. Listen, Let It Go. It's a, it's a, it's a tweeny anthem that hasn't, hasn't been uh, done like that in quite a while. Okay. I just love and the you, fact... You tend to love it if you see the movie because it, they do like do it pretty perfectly in the movie. comes at a perfect time. The yep. animation is perfect. I mean, you know, I joked about it when it came out that I spontaneously burst into applause in the movie theater when the song ended. And I'm like, the only, <laughs> I'm the only grown up there going, yeah, that song was great. I'm looking around. Okay, everyone's quiet. All right, never mind. Yeah, it was it it was it was well done, but I think it's great that there's two versions of that song. So one version gets nominated for an Oscar, and then there's a second version. Yeah, and that yeah. and that and that just cracks me up that there's somebody that sang almost the exact same song, and you wouldn't even know it. The Demi. Yeah. Demi Lovato. I just well, you hear that a lot on certain radio stations. She's, well, she is the radio-friendly version. But the critically yeah. acclaimed version is the Adele Dazeem version. Right. <laughs> Which I just love that, by the way. I know Don't it's already funny. cliche and hackneyed, but you know what? That's great. Adele Did you catch what she had? Because um, she's on Broadway right now in um, If Then. Right. And did you catch what she had... Uh, had they, oh, they put, put outside? The yeah, when they put yeah. in the program tonight, the part of <laughs> such and such will be played by uh, Del Nazi or Dazim, and uh, great. and they put the sign outside, <laughs> starring Adele <laughs> Dazim. She's um, really been a good sport about it. I want to say one more thing about the the music, though. You 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 asked me about it, and it it touched on a critical nerve. Please, please, and I'll and I'll tell you that. why. So on Saturday of uh, Bachelor Week, I saw Inside Lewin Davis, and um, I had really wanted to see it, and uh, it, the Coen Brothers movie, and um, it was it was fantastic. I mean, it was unbelievable. T Bone Burnett put together the music for it, just like he did for Oh Brother, and it's really like a compilation of all these. Just these great folk songs. And how that guy was not nominated for Best Actor is disgusting. I mean, it literally is ridiculous. Um, how, the mov- how the movie wasn't nominated, or at least for Best Screenplay. I mean, if they're going to put nine movies in, it was definitely one of the nine best movies last year. And I didn't even yeah. see the other eight. <laughs> And so there was something weird about that movie with the Coen brothers and why it was snubbed. Um, because uh, it was... I mean, usually was, the Coen brothers get a screenplay nod for everything they do. It was really good. 
really good. Um, and Oscar Isaac was incredible. I mean, he was just so good. And I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop for a week. Is it Oscar Isaac or Isaac Oscar? Oscar Isaac. Very good. Um, and how there's a song in it that, that, that uh, spoiler alert, that they do, uh, Justin Timberlake is in the movie. And he's the only, he's good in the movie. He's fine in the movie. It's just that Oscar Isaac is so period appropriate and everybody else in it is so period appropriate. It's like when I went to see On the Road and Kristen Stewart comes in. You're like, oh, Kristen Stewart, <laughs> get out of 1951. Yeah. You don't belong right. here. Right. No one has that like, face in the 50s. <laughs> that's right. It's the same thing with Timberlake a little bit in this movie. You're like, Justin Timberlake, you're not in 1961. What are you doing? Go back to now. But he's uh, so good that you, you overcome it very quickly. And he's really good in his role. So they do this song called Please Mr. Kennedy. And T-Bone Burnett adapted it from a another song at that time. And it's like a parody song. And you guys, you, you got to check it out, like on YouTube or whatever. It's And it's a great parody song. Not a parody song. It's like a cheeky song from 1961. And the, the idea, please, Mr. Kennedy, don't send me into outer space. You know, I got a wife with a libido, and, you know, if you make her a widow and blah, blah, blah. Please, Miss Kennedy, uh-oh, I don't want to go into outer space. It's really, like, very 60s. It's great. And it should have been up for best song. Absolutely. Sounds like a Desi Arnaz Jr. song. <laughs> it's just so, I can't, I can't, uh, I'd have to look up what the, the song it was based on. And maybe that's why they didn't do it. But they give, you know... They've had songs that have been adapted from other songs. So I'm I was protesting that category because yeah, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. This, such a musical movie would be. Well, the the you know the songs that uh, he performs that are on Inside Lewin Davis, which is the name of the album, his album in the movie, are. Covers. I mean, they're they're not a. It's a folk song, as he says in the movie. It never gets old, and it was never new. It's a folk song, right? You know. So I understand why those weren't nominated. But the Please, Mr. Kennedy is adapted from a song of that time, but it's a, an original song. And the the kid from Girls, from the TV show, from the TV show Girls. He's uh, he's in it. He's in the movie. He's got a small part in the movie. Not not the kid who just stood up in Star Wars. Um, uh, what's his name? Sugar. I don't girls. I'm sorry. No. I don't either. Um, but he's doing he's doing all these like funny voices. Adam Driver is that a guy on Girls? PJ, do you watch Girls? I do, but I don't know the cast members' names. I think it's Adam Driver. Oh, maybe it is the guy who's going to be in Star Wars. Never mind. He plays a small part in this, and he just does these funny voices in the background, like, uh-oh. Really? <laughs> like, it's so great. And he totally improved it. Like, they improved this song. I don't know. Anyway. Inside Lewin Davis was fantastic, guys. It was really, really good. And not mentioned at the Oscars. And 
Right, and not nominated for an Oscar. So that's what I did with my free Saturday, the day before the Oscars. I go and see the one film that's not nominated. <laughs> good job, everybody. That's all right. All right, good. We... Now, now I'll go see that movie based on your recommendation. Yes, it was excellent. It was really good. It's I a classic. Don't way to watch it, but I'll watch it. It's a sort of classic Coen Brothers movie where, like, there's nothing happening, and yet there's a lot happening. Yeah. So, it was good. Overall, I give the Oscars a solid 7. Out of 10? Out of 10. Okay. Solid 7. There were some nice moments. That's a C. You know... Uh, who won actress? I, I, I don't even remember who won best actress. Kate Blanchett. Thank you. As in, a, in a tough spot having to thank Woody Allen in front of that crowd. Right. Not a, not a popular thing right now. <laughs> He's on the outs, is what you're saying? A little bit. I don't know if you heard. People buy the story, is what you're saying? I don't know if they, don't know if they came up there to freehold and told you. <laughs> sort of an anti-Woody vibe going around. All right. It's a little bit, of, a little bit against the Woody. All right, we, Pete, you got to go. you got to go to bed. That's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we will. Sleepy man. We will talk to you next week. For those of you who don't know, PJ's now an astronaut, so he really needs to get his rest. This could be a new thing, by the way. Where I would like, I, it's like the Bishop pop in. <laughs> a New York sports talk podcast where we don't talk about sports at all. And that too. I mean, that that already sets you apart. We are doing the special edition one. Do you promise to pop in for fifty minutes every time? <laughs> Isn't that how most pop-ins go? I can't stay yeah. long. And then an hour later, you're like, okay, anyway. <laughs> right. you put the cake Everybody's out. yawning. All right, the kids got to get up. Cal just went and grabbed the Entenmann's cake. Already out of the table. I'll put, I'll put the sandwiches back out at this point. Right. <laughs> Anybody hungry? Puts on the second pot of coffee. You make me feel hard. wanted, and I'm very glad that I called in. We, uh, we yeah we missed you buddy and yep. uh, oh one uh, last uh, thing yes I I, I started uh, a, a new workout <laughs> go it's on an app it's an are you app selling something you, you you put on the app <laughs> and it tells you the exercises to do and it's a, it's a seven minute workout for like really out of shape people like me. And then as you get better, it gets, you know, moderate to normal to, you know, a real workout that other people would do if they had muscle mass, you know. Does it, all, does it always stay seven minutes? Um, you can go from seven to 21. You can't okay. go shorter than seven. They won't let you, they won't let you get away with okay. that. <laughs> so I dialed up the seven-minute one, and I started, and I threw my back out doing jumping jacks. I did the seven-minute workout for 35 seconds, and I had to stop. That's not a good thing. Uh, do they have the 30-second workout app? No, they don't. They won't do it. They don't do that one, huh? 30 <laughs> seconds to Mars workout? <laughs> no. Do they have the 30 seconds to Mars? And Cal 30 seconds to abs. There it is. 30, 30 seconds, seconds to abs. <laughs> 30 seconds to squats. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, keep a surprise of that that workout. And next time you talk about it, please do it like in a really infomercial, infomercial way. Well, guys, there's a new app, and all you need is seven minutes. 
Cal, do you have seven minutes? Who has that time? I thought it was it, crazy, too. But trust me, it works. If you want to get in shape, you'll find the time. And it's only seven minutes. Only you can make seven a, minutes? You can make a full meal in that time. But what about the kids? <laughs> there is I literally... the kids. They laugh at me while I do it. There is literally seven minutes in between Doc McStuffins and Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Well, I've got laundry to do. <laughs> one, one rinse cycle of a, heavy, of a heavy load of whites is seven minutes. That's all you need. Go on. I'm listening. <laughs> Peach, we'll talk to you next week, brother. Good night. Go to sleep, Bishop. Go to sleep. I'm going. I'm going. Aw. PJ. I'll tell you what. We took care of the Oscars. You you sure? There's nothing else you you want to go over? 30 seconds to sports. 30 seconds of sports on this two-hour New York sports podcast. 30 seconds of sports. 30 seconds to the fun load. Is there a fun load on, on the docket? I think we just did it. Yeah, maybe. I'd say. Maybe we just reversed this whole thing. Just cross the streams. PJ came in and turned the whole show upside down. On its ear. That's all right, though. It it's was good great. to talk to him. It's great. It's not all right. It's great. Oh, it's great. You're right. It's time for the uh, big unload. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, what? Oh, hello. I didn't know we still had that uh, sound clip there. What was what was that? Did something just something just blow up? We blew it up. Cal, the big unload is very easy. I want to talk about the Islanders and the Rangers and their trades. And here's what I want to ask you, bud. The Rangers trade, the Callahan for Martin St. Louis, mm-hmm. which, which, of course, I am contractually obligated to say it that way. Like that. Do you think the – what do you make of that deal? It's really interesting to me. It's very rare that you see two captains traded for each other. Yeah. Um, at the deadline. We've been – look, you and I have said for a long time, and we were vilified. Yes, that's right. I said vilified. For suggesting that Ryan Callahan was overrated. How dare you, I was told. Intangibles. He's like Jeter. That's what I was told. Right. I, I, literally. Th- that's a quote. He's like Jeter. Uh, turns out those intangibles aren't worth six, seven million dollars a year, it seems. Yeah, that's the interesting part is that the, the vilification sort of toned down a little bit once word of his contract demands got out. Yeah, turned out turned out I wasn't the crazy one. I'll tell you though, a lot of Ranger fans still want they were willing to keep him. They were willing to give him what he wanted. Yeah. You know? But uh the the Saint Louis thing is really interesting because he's a guy I always liked. And yes. he really kinda cried his way out of Tampa Bay. Yeah, after being there his whole career 
Yeah, that's what's so strange about it. Now, Ranger fans don't they don't care about that. They and I don't know how many Ranger fans you've talked to about this deal, but I've talked to a bunch. And the feeling is they don't like that they had to trade Callahan. Okay. They don't like that they had to give up so much along with Callahan for a run this year that may not be as fruitful as they hope, but they have no problem with St. Louis. They like St. Louis, and they're happy to have him. But it's like, you better go win the Stanley Cup now. Right. I mean, it's tough not to like him. Yeah. Well, look, I, I... I don't like the Rangers, but and I and I don't like the way that he kind of orchestrated his way out of Tampa Bay. Right. That kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So and now he's a Ranger, so he's really gone down a, a bunch of notches in my book. And he wanted to be a Ranger. That's another thing. Yes. He he, he you know he actively campaigned to be a Ranger and, and got himself moved. The Rangers. You know what's weird, Bry, is that the captaincy in hockey is like a big deal. I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day at work who's not a big hockey fan at all. So he, he asked me, you know, what's up with the C and the A's, basically? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, the, the C is for the captain, the A's are for the assistant, uh, assistant captains. Um, if the captain is for some reason not playing, then one of those guys would assume the roles of captain and I said, you know, in the four professional sports, the captaincy in hockey is probably the most important. By far. And probably the most, like, serious position. And he, uh, he plays soccer. And so I, you know, I said, it's, it's like the guy who used to wear number 10. You know, like, it's the guy. It's that, that everybody looks to in the locker room. On the ice, he's the captain. He, you know, he, he deals with the officials. He's the liaison between the coach and the and the. Uh, referees uh, he, he, in the locker room he's got to be like a super well respected guy it's like a big deal to be a captain in the NHL so to see them I guess that was like a big part of Callahan right? Huge part of Callahan um, he look you, we joke about the intangibles and but he he did have them you know he I think remi- that's part of that. that's the biggest part of his game he reminded me and I don't know if, if you got this out of him and I like to relate things to, to what I know. Okay. So Callahan always struck me as like a Michael Pekka yeah. type guy. It's a good call. You know, um, could score 20 goals if he had to. Sure. But that really wasn't why he was out there. He was out there to be a leader, to go hit everybody, you know, and, yep. and, and blah, I mean, blocking shots. He just, he did all the gritty things, yeah, you know, be, and, be a two way forward, you know, penalty kill if you have to. Right. I mean, you, you could get 50, 60 points out of him. Sure. He's, he's got 60 point seasons. But that's not what he's looking right. to. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I always looked at it. So that's why I would relate back to when the Islanders had Pekka. Right. And the Rangers, that's how the Ranger fans felt about Callahan. And I, and I get it, you know. And he was, he was looking to be paid like one of those guys. More, more so. That's what I'm saying. He was looking to be paid like a Martin St. Louis. He was looking to be paid like a scorer. Yeah. A guy who fills up the score sheet, and that's not him. And it remains to be seen if anybody's going to give him that money. Yeah. This summer. There's a lot of talk that Buffalo is going to give it to him. He's from yep. the area. He's from the area. I, I, I'll tell you what. 
now that he's not a Ranger, if you're the Islanders, wouldn't you love that guy on Tavares' wing? Sure, but he wants he wants what Vanek. Yes, wanted. no, I know, no, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm you not know, saying I, it would happen. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. Speaking of the Islanders, um, oh boy, oh boy. Remember a couple weeks ago when John Tavares got hurt during the Olympics, mm-hmm. and you had to talk me out of disavowing the Islanders as a cursed franchise. Yeah. Yeah, here I am. I'm ready. Bring it. Yeah, I I I can't I can't talk you out of anything right now. No, I'm I'm here to help you. Oh, you're oh, you're going to talk me out of it. I am. Oh, okay. I'm not going to I'm not going to defend this trade. I can't. Yeah, Garth, but... Garth Snow has screwed this up pretty pretty majorly. Uh, well, let me start here. Do you believe what he said today about not receiving a trade offer until noon yesterday, the day of the deadline, three hours before the deadline? Do you believe that? Uh, no. You don't believe that? No, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, if I can find it. I had it, and now I don't have it anymore. Bob McKenzie from, uh, from TSN up in Canada. Yeah, I'm aware of their work. Uh, do you know what he reported tonight? No. He reported that the Islanders had significant, significantly better trade offers on the table from Toronto and Minnesota, but it would have required the Islanders to retain some salary or take on salary in the deal. From this year? From, I don't know if it's from this year or, from, or for future years, whatever Can't it was. Can't be from future year. He's an unrestricted free agent. No, but I'm, no, what, what I'm saying is maybe they were looking to unload a player with a high salary in the deal. Back to the Islanders. Back to the Islanders. Okay. Um, so I, I, happen, I happen to respect his work. So if he's saying that, and Garth Snow is telling us that he didn't receive a single offer on Thomas Vanek, until 12 o'clock on Wednesday. I don't believe Garth Snow. Okay. He said on Wednesday. He didn't say what he received on Tuesday. No, he said at any point in the process. No, that's not what he said. Okay. No, I'm, I'm serious. Go look at the quote. Yeah, well, I'm, I, am, I am looking at the quote. I'm going to look for the quote because I'm, I, I obviously read it wrong. I thought he I thought he said yesterday. I thought he said that was the 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 first offer we got yesterday was at twelve o'clock and it was the best offer we got. Which have, which would look, which would make sense considering they had zero leverage and he waited too long. Should have traded him a month ago. I'm going to have to find it, but... Would, yeah. you, would you have a huge problem with that? Would I have a huge problem with what? If they had a trade offer that would have required them to take back salary, that would have prohibited, perhaps, uh, what they could do in the offseason. Let me answer your question with a question. 
touche. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood, Cal. Okay. Um, no, I, I don't know if if the retainer agreement that you signed with Garth Snow to defend him will allow you to be objective. Okay. But don't you think the Islanders that struggle to hit the salary cap floor every year have the wherewithal to take on salary if it means receiving a better deal? Um, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't I, I know they have the wherewithal to, okay. to do it. That doesn't mean that they're going to. No, well, clearly it means they're not and I going think, to. And I think my, my question would be, are we talking about questions? Right. It's good radio. No, I, my statement is here to for thou. Uh, I think it depends on the player you're talking about. If you're forcing me to take back some bad contract from Minnesota for some scrub that has three years left on his deal and fifteen million dollars, I'm not doing that. Well. Okay, so let's just, look at just this. to get a first round pick. I'm not doing that. Okay. I, I mean, if I, you look at the made, yes, right. If you if you if you look at the deal that they made, and now you we're being told that they could have had a better deal had they taken on salary. Wouldn't wouldn't a better deal just qualify as a first round pick? Um. I I think. Obviously, if they're taking well, yes. salary, they're not getting back a, a prospect. Well, if they're taking on if they're taking on salary, they're not getting back a prospect. They were getting they were getting an overpaid player and a, maybe a first round pick. What do you mean? Well, it's got to be it's got to be more than maybe. Or were they going to get an overpaid player in a second round pick? Maybe a second that wasn't conditional. That was all I was going to say. But okay, so fine. They're getting an overpaid player and a first-round pick. Okay. You think you think that that would be it? I see. I would do that. I would I do wouldn't. that. No, it depends on the guy, Cal. I don't want some deadwood here for you know three years on fifteen million dollars, you know twelve million dollars left on his deal, because they're cash-strapped, because they have no money. I want that eight million dollars next year, whatever they're going to spend to get up to the cap. I want it spent on Vanek. Or spent on a goalie. The problem that they can't. Get I don't want Deadwood here, here. I, but I don't want Deadwood here. I don't want it. Okay, that's fine. You know, I don't want Kirk Muller coming back here. I don't want it. That's fine. I, I mean, we don't we don't know. We what, don't what the deal was. You know, I, I. But what I, my thing is, if it's a better offer, I would take it. But the only thing that makes it a better offer is that first-round pick. Is it being a first-round pick? Clearly, he didn't value that. I think, th- I th- look, this trade is terrible. But this trade is terrible for one reason. That's he waited too long to do it. He waited till there was no chance he was going to get a first-round pick back. Because if you're all these teams, and this is what I was saying, our, our buddy Howie, uh, who's the Big Islander fan, was saying to me yesterday at the deadline is if you're one of these teams looking for a winger and you call and inquire about Molson and they say, well, it's going to take a second. And then you call the Islanders and inquire about Vanek and it's going to take a first. And you're, you're only getting both guys for 18 games. I'm going to take Molson for the second. 
for sure. So he had no chance to get a first round pick. Zero. Well, one, and then and then at, at this at this time, a month ago, you know, or six weeks ago, when when Thomas Vanek said he wasn't going to sign an extension here, that was the time to trade him. Because the team is much more likely to, you know, give a first round pick for thirty plus games of a guy and a chance to sign him to an extension than they are for eighteen. So that to me that's his mistake. But I think I think something in here and I'm not saying it's right, I'm saying it's being under valued, I guess. Bry, is that they like this player. That's great. So they got they they made a trade and they got a player that they liked, and that's great. Well, they got they they not only got a player they liked, they got a player they scouted, they got a player they wanted to draft, they got a player that they know. Right. They didn't get some. They didn't get a prospect that they've never seen. They didn't get a prospect that they haven't scouted. They didn't get a pro. They they wanted to draft Kahlberg with that pick, and Montreal right. took him the pick before them. So, you know, uh, one of the guys had a good statement, Cal, and I, and I think it's good. Hate the, hate the trade. You can hate the trade. Just don't hate the prospect in the trade. It's, it's a bad trade. doesn't mean he's necessarily a bad prospect. Right. Well, we don't we – don't, we, it's, it's hard to tell. Oh, no, 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 no. It's totally hard to tell. Just, but you know? his, his point was this is a guy that the Islanders have scouted, that the Islanders know, that the Islanders wanted to draft two years ago. He's only 20 years old. You know, he, he's not some throw-in prospect. This is a, a kid that, that has had size issues but could have gone in the first round, has really good puck skills, seems to be a sniper, could be a You know, th- they know him really well. Again, hate the, tra- hate the player. Player. Hate the trade, don't hate the prospect. Right, that's, and, that's, and that's fair. That's fair. But the, the fact remains that Unless the, the, unless this prospect turns out to be Thomas Vanek, they woefully underpaid. I mean, they they, they they traded away they they traded away Thomas Vanek and did not get near value for him for eighteen games. What were you going at for Thomas Vanek for eighteen games? Restricted free agent. I mean, well, then, then, then we all we all miss. Did, this is is this how you expected it to play out? No, I thought he'd be traded a month ago. Okay. I thought you would have gotten far more for him a month ago. Here's here's I I want to explain my problem with this whole thing because I think I think this was malpractice from the start. I don't think. That the trade was bad. I I I liked the original trade at the time to to bring Vanek in, and a lot of people didn't like it. And I just I felt that at the time, and you have to you have to jump in the time machine and take yourself back, not you, but in general, because I don't want you going anywhere near a time machine. No, just cause too many problems. Um. The day that they made the trade back in October, no, nobody could have foreseen how the next 
five months were going to play out. No. There's no way. They were 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. Right. They had, they, 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 he made the trade, Garth Snow, because he wanted to, to light a fire under the team that was 4-4-1 four, four, and one at the time. Well, he also made the trade because, as he said today, they had no intention of signing Molson back at all. And he admitted today something we said from the day they made the trade, Bry, and that was the best way to get Thomas Vanek to sign as a free agent this coming summer was to have him play with the Islanders for you know this season and play with Tavares. Exactly. So there. So that's that's a great segue into part of what I'm trying to say. Right. He put a lot of eggs in that basket. A lot of eggs. He thought. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. He um. He thought that he could get Vanek to come in, play with Tavares, he'd fall in love with Tavares, and he'd have a huge advantage at that point. Okay? And he figured his contingency plan was, if that doesn't happen, I'm, I'm going to bring him in, he's going to play with Tavares for 50 games, he's going to fall in love with him, I'm going to give him a huge offer, He's going to like it here. He's going to take it. We're going to be good. And if, that, if he doesn't take the offer, which I can't, I can't imagine he wouldn't take this offer, but if he doesn't take this offer, then we'll just trade him and get our first-round pick back. And that was his plan. And he had no other contingencies in place. This is, this is my perception of it. He had no other, he had no other plan in place. He, he just assumed... Vanek was going to take this offer, and on the off chance he doesn't take the offer, it'll be okay, because he's Thomas Vanek. We'll be able to trade him and get a first-round pickback. And that's how he approached the season, I think. When he should have lined up potential deals in other areas, and I said this yesterday, he should have, at the same time he handed Vanek the offer, he should have had a deal in place to trade him at that moment. And it was, here's the offer. You, are you going to say, no, I think I'd like to try free agency. Okay, I pull the offer, and now I just traded you. And, that's, and I think his value would have been a lot higher had he done that. And, that, and that, that's, that's the biggest problem I have with it, because a hundred times I, out of a hundred, I would totally go back and make agree. that trade again. Totally agree. I would, make that tra- I would make that trade again every single time. I agree with everything you said, ex- not even except I would add one thing. And Thomas Vanek said this. You saw this, right? Last week. He didn't... Garcineau didn't count on this team not winning. Right. And you so know he what? Makes He's the trade. So he makes the trade at 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. He gets a superior player to Matt Molson. Uh, finally gets a world-class winger to go on John Tavares' right. And for two months... They're the best line in the NHL. And Vanek, Tavares, Vanek, and Kyle Poso are the best line in the NHL. And Vanek said, he's, and he even said, I never, I've never played on a better line in my life. Yes. And, but, I should say, but, they're not winning. See, right. Garth, Garth thinks, I'll play these 50 games before the trade deadline, or 40 games before the trade deadline. And, not only will it go and he'll love playing with Tavares, but will be playoff hunt. Right. And, no, I, I was just going to say, and Vanek said that. 
they asked him about wanting to do with the Islanders or sign or the extension, and he said, I'm not going to lie, winning helps. If we were winning, I would have given it more thought to signing the extension. So that's the other contingency he didn't have. Everything you, everything you described, I love. Well, here's the other thing that's part of this. Why weren't they winning? Because Garth didn't get a goaltender or a defenseman. He Period. did not. He didn't have contingency. He, he let strike go and didn't have a contingency. Which I didn't have a problem with letting no, strike go. No, but he didn't have a contingency for Viznovsky getting hurt and being nope. out for three months. Absolutely. And Matt Donovan was not where they needed him to be or thought he should be. And they, let, they broke camp with the wrong defenseman. Yep. They should have broken camp with DeHaan. They broke camp with Matt Donovan. Matt Donovan was awful for a month. He brought Nabokov back, which he shouldn't have brought back in the first place. Correct. And then Nabokov got hurt. Yep. And so he had to play a goalie who, as he said today, big difference when he's playing three out of every four games instead of one out of every four games. And and these are the things when you 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 have to you can't look at as bad as this wound up being you can't look at this trade in a vacuum and call him a joke based on this one trade you've got to look at the big picture and if you look at the big picture he did a really bad job of having contingency plans in place for his team yeah for people getting hurt. For people not playing well, he's got he's got no depth. He had no depth whatsoever. Nope. You know, and, and this is not a, this is not one of those deals where we can point to financial handcuffs. Like he's had those. No, no, he. I mean, he he made Vanek a legitimate offer. No, no, but I'm not. I'm talking about even in the offseason, Cal, like coming into this year. Oh, he players there to sign and or trade for. Well, and he and yeah. he didn't. Uh, clearly, didn't want to part with any of his young talent for a goaltender. Plus, he, plus he, he really likes Nabokov, and I think he felt, which we said this at the time, Garth Snow is a goalie. How does he misread that market? You're a goalie. Wouldn't you know other goalies? And wouldn't you know that the one that you have is, is kind of at the end of the rope? I don't even know if he misread the market. I just think he... Or maybe he thought Poulin was better than, yeah. he, than he turned out to be? Maybe. I also think, though, maybe the ideal scenario would have, bring, would have been to bring Nabokov back as a backup to a, you know, to a starting NHL-caliber goalie, so then not, he would have had not a, with 22-year-old kid. Well, then he would have had to bring in two goalies. He would have had to re-sign Nabokov and then bring in another goalie. Right, but re, I feel like re-signing Nabokov was the easy because he wanted to come back. He's 38 years old. It's not like he was going to get a ton of job offers anywhere else. He, and, and he's very well respected in that locker room. But, oh, yeah. And in the front office, too. They love him. Yes. He's, he's going to be the new assistant GM. Yeah. <laughs> he could be the GM <laughs> after this. I think, I, I think that was another miscalculation on Snow's part. I think Snow thought Poulin was ready to be a number one goalie. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And, then it, and then it turned out he wasn't, and then now what? He doesn't. He does not have. He does not have things lined up in case something goes wrong. No, and he's and now he's. If he keeps his job, which of course he will. Well, obviously he will. 
Um, now he's got to go get one. I mean, now he's got to go get a goalie. He, he should. And he's got to – well, I mean, but there's a, there's a very big unrestricted free agent goalie class this coming year. There's Hiller. There's, you know, there's, there's guys there that he's got to – he's going to have to pay through the nose, and he's got to sign one of them or trade for one. He's got to. Yeah, he does. So, I look, I hate the trade, but you I, – I didn't think they were going to get a first-rounder back for him once it got to Tuesday or Wednesday. I didn't think there was any chance because why in the world would you pay a first-rounder for an 18-game unrestricted free agent rental? Nobody is going to do that. No one. And an unrestricted free agent rental that everybody knows you need to trade. He left himself zero leverage. In fact, I'll be honest with you, Cal, I'm glad he got something. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we really thought he got nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, the trade came in after 3 o'clock. It was, it was 3.10, yeah. and there wasn't anything yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm just glad he got something. But it's, he just, it's, he, it's, it's ter- it, it, to get to that point is the terrible job. He, 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 he botched it. Badly, he, absolutely. The whole and and it 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 goes back to first trade, which wasn't a bad trade, but you have to look at the entire picture. Yeah, I, I think and it every, was a gamble I, worth taking. I think everything from to me, he botched. I say botched. I hate that word. He screwed up. He fumbled. He fumbled. He uh, miscalculated grossly. Everything from when they made their offer to him, to Thomas Vanek. Yeah, see, I go go further back than that. When they made the offer... No, I'm saying, I totally agree with you. He should have had contingency plans in place because at that point, he sees how the season is going. He sees he's 8 points, 12 points out of a playoff spot. He couldn't see that before that. Right. So when he's getting ready to make this offer to Vanek... He's got he's to do exactly what you just said. There's the fumble. There's the botch. Right. There's the botch on goal. So he makes the offer, and Vanek says, no, um, I'd like to explore free agency. Congratulations, you're a Minnesota. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but, it, but it's got to be the next minute. Right, but in reality, what happened was Snow said, oh, well, I guess that's disappointing, but we'll just go get a first-round pick now. Right. Which he, and, which he then waits till after the Olympics to try to get. Right. There's no chance of doing it. Right. No, everything from that moment to me is is a disaster. Look, and then I, I I cannot I can't blame a single Islander fan for the way they feel today. I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, I can't. Does the reaction have to be? I mean. Do you really want John Spano back? Is is that what you want, Cal? Well, no. I uh, look the, oh. the, the reactions. Then are, I can are, then I can blame a couple of Islander fans. The reactions are a little over the top, but that's they all. But that's how it is now. Everybody everybody goes over the top with their reactions. Yeah, it has to be. That's the rule. That's the law. Not sure. Otherwise, you're not a real fan. If you don't if you don't show enough emotion, if you're not angry enough about this, then you're not really a fan. Yeah. Yeah, well, we saw some, saw some angry Islander fans yesterday. I get, I, I get the anger. I, I think it's irrational, some of the things that people were saying, but I, I certainly get the anger. Yeah. 
I do too. He keeps his job, though, right? Yeah, he's, of course he's going to keep his job. He does. And, that's a, and, and that might be the biggest problem of all, because that's coming from the owner. <laughs> There's, there, there is an acceptance of these follies. It yeah. Seems like. You know, there's no he, like he has no he has no accountability, Garth Snow. None. He really doesn't. He has he has zero fear for his job. I mean, isn't that the only thing that you can hold over a GM? Yeah. But he's got. I mean, he's he's quite comfy. Legs yeah. kicked up on the desk. He's very. He is. I mean, I would not say his track record is as bad as Mike Milbury's at this point. Oh, it's not, Cal. It can't possibly be. But it's 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 heading down a path that I, I I would rather not see him start racking up mistakes. See, I like him a lot. I know you do. And I think he's on certain things he's been fantastic. But his his trade record it just doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing when he's dealing with other GMs. No. He knows how to draft. I'm sorry, he does. Well, for the most part, the 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 picks have, have panned out okay. I think he's done a very good job drafting, and I think he's done a very good job running the team on austerity. I do, Cal. But you know, he doesn't know from. There's nothing creative about his trading. I don't. I don't know how you can say he's done a very good job when they've been a lottery pick six out of the last seven years. Because he's had nothing to work with financially to augment that young talent. Right. And we've seen some of that young talent come up and be successful as they were last year. Um, I think he's done a good job drafting. I think there's four defensemen that are on their way that are good, that are potential you know, starters. I think there's, there are forwards there that are – Anders Lee had another goal tonight. I think there are uh, forwards there that are potentially going to be plug and play. I think Kyle. I think he stuck with Kyle Oposo for long enough for him to become a player, when other GMs would have traded him or given up on him. I think he picked up a guy like Michael Grabner. I think he picked up a guy like you know even Brad Boys last year, who signed a nice two-year, you know, multi-million-dollar year with, uh, with the Panthers. Thank you, Garth. Uh, I think you know sticking with a guy like Franz Nielsen, like he's. I think he's done a good job with what he's had to work with. And drafted a goalie yet. And that's a big problem. I'm not saying he's great, Brian. I'm just saying I think he's done a good job in, in the rebuild. This was supposed to be the next step year, and just yeah. everything has gone wrong. Everything has gone wrong. And he 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 did a lot of it himself. He did. And he stick, and and he and he sticks with the coach. That's that's another thing, you know. So I look. He, Loves the he, coach. Loves thing, the coach. Yeah. Well, it, the the irrational love that Wong has for Snow, it gets passed down from right. Snow to Captain. There's a lot of irrational love going on. Right. And I, like he 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 has he has hit on some good things. He's got he's got plenty of positives on his record. He does. But, the fact remains, it's, it's very difficult to say he's done a great job with this team. All when, right, that was wrong. Fine. I like, how, like how much, how much worse, like, they're a lottery pick. How much worse can you be as a team if you're a lottery pick? And how is, like, how is that good, you know? 
Like, the, like at this at this point, seven years with him. We, and to be very fair, summer or last spring, we thought that that was it. It paid off. Here we are, and and I, I was I was I was at the head of that line. I thought that that was it. Like, okay, we stuck it out for five years. Snow was patient. He rebuilt the team, and now here we are, and we're ready to take off. And they took an enormous step back this year. An enormous step back. And, and maybe that's not all on Garth Snow, but a lot of it is. What, what free agent has he been able to sign to come here? He hasn't been able to sign anybody. Anybody. Right. So you tell me how you're going to improve your team with all the youth without being able to sign a single free agent to your team. You gotta, you gotta like grossly overpay to get somebody. They tried to grossly overpay Erloff. They tried to grossly overpay Vanek. No, they did not try to not, grossly overpay not, Vanek. Not yet. They, they, they will next year. That's not the point. The point is they, they and they made him a fair market deal, Cal. They offered him a fair market deal. You're missing the point, Steve. They, they made him a fair market deal. They need to grossly overpay somebody to come to this team. That's the only way to get somebody to come to this team. He's and that's tried to grossly overpay guys to come to this team, and they still don't. So what is he? He's, how many free – and by the way, it's not like the money's free-flowing either. How many free agents has well, he then, been able well, to then, sign well, to this then he, team? Then he can't do it. So he's off the hook, right? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm not trying to take him off the hook, but you're asking me why. You're I looking fu- for an excuse for him. I'm not, it's not an excuse. It's a fact. Okay. How no. do you build a team? What are you asking me? <laughs> I'm asking you how do you build a team. Do you build, it with the, you build it with draft picks, and you build it with building up your minor league organization. and Organization, sorry. It's hockey. Right. And feeding them to the main club, and you sign free agents mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps. Right. Oh, there's one other piece that you're forgetting. You make trades to build your team. And you, and you make trades to build your team. Right. Right. Okay. What free agent has he been able to bring in? And by the way, if he makes those trades, he's giving up the young talent that he's trying to uh, uh, right. have play for the team because he can't sign a free agent. Right, or you build the, the talent up so that you can go trade for a top player. Agree. That, that's what he's not doing. I, I agree. He hasn't, done a, he hasn't done a perfect job. I thought he's done a great job drafting and rebuilding. That was me. Okay. I disagree. I, I, I would say he's Told done you a done a, job. He's done a terrible job with trades. I said that. Yes. And he, has, and he has not been able to sign one free agent through no fault of his own. No, it's not true. Why, I don't know why you, why you let him off the hook completely for that. How much uh, – taking the Vanek deal out of the equation from this, from this year, okay? Taking the Vanek deal out of the equation from this year because uh-huh. they could have offered him 10 years and $250 million. He's not taking it. So take that out of the equation. You're going to sit there with a straight face. And say if they offered him ten years, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Well, no, not gonna obviously he would have taken two hundred fifty million dollars. Cal, do you have to overpay that much? Yes, you do. Yeah, oh, come on, come on. That's what I'm saying. Come on, that's what I'm saying. That's what's a fair? What's a fair overpay for Thomas Vanek? For what would Vanek? you have offered him? Well, in, I, I I thought the offer was good. In hindsight, you now you know that you would have had to offer him much more. Correct. Right? Now you, know, now you know that. 
So take the Vanek one off the table because it's in season and they're trying to get a guy who wants to go to free agency to sign with them, right? Mm-hmm. And just go back to the off seasons where he has made countless offers to guys right. and been turned down. And yeah, but Erloff Erloff signed for like eight million dollars less. But that's to what go that's, play in Buffalo. That's what I want to see. I want to see the offers that he made versus what they ultimately took. We don't know that. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have that in front of me. Right, but I, I, I mean, there's, there's three players there, at least three players I can think of over the last four years that took less money to go somewhere else. You, the point is how much less did they take? It doesn't matter if they, took a, if they took a penny less. They went somewhere else. How much can you grossly overpay when you have no budget? He has no budget. Steve, they traded for Tim Thomas last year just for his salary. I know. To get to the salary cap floor. I know. This is what I'm talking about. They have no money. The owner gives him no money. You're saying he, to get a free agent, you have to grossly overpay. He has to grossly overpay, right? Well, that's, so, well, so that's tricky to do when your team has to trade for Tim Thomas to get to the salary cap floor. So if you're saying he has no money to overpay, then he's off the hook. No, I'm not trying to right? exonerate him completely. I'm just talking about the... You said through no fault of his own. You used the phrase through no fault of his own. He, couldn't get, he can't get a free agent to come here. On, on, this, on this specifically... That's not his fault. I, I can't see how the budget that the owner sets out for the team is his fault. Okay. Well, if, that, if, if that's the case, then you're right. I'm not exonerating him completely from building this team by any means. You hit on the big one, which is he can't make a trade. How has he not made a trade? Other than Matt Molson and two picks for Thomas Vanek. But Matt, and, and Matt Molson is not the guys that he's been stockpiling to make the trade. Correct. Matt Molson is the veteran that's been there. Who was a free agent as well. Who was a free agent. And they weren't going to pay. Right. Right. That's my, that's my biggest problem with him. I think, he's, I, oh, think he's, I think he's done what he can in free agency and signed guys like Grabner and signed guys like Hickey, you know, off the, off the waiver wire because that's what he could do. You know, now this year he completely crapped out with those signings that had been so good for him with uh, Bouchard and Regan. Oh, we hated those at the time too. Yeah, they were terrible. Again, this is not to exonerate Garcinot at all. They were scrap. They were scrap heap signings, but and you're right. Great was too strong a word. He's done a he's done a solid job to me in rebuilding the farm system, in rebuilding the organization. Uh, when it comes to feeding talent, to the, I, I think Strom is going to be a player. Anders Lee is a player. I like what I've seen out of Brock Nelson. It's just the name of it. Calvin DeHaan finally has gotten there. Looks to be a top four defender. I think Donovan, after being awful early, has looked competent at least. All right, so, so the talent is there. And so Griffin Reinhardt's on his way. And Pollock's on his way. And, you know, there, there are four defenders on their way. Yeah. Six spots. Yeah, and there's four defenders on the way. There's, there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. My, but here's my point. I mean, Dahan and you know, Dahan is already here, and 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 here, and the, you know, he's done a good job extending guys, Cal. Yes. Apostos, yeah, that, Apostos yeah, that, here. Yeah, that that I, that I'll give him credit for. Tavares is here. Yeah, he locked he locked up a lot of his young talent. I'll I'll give him all the credit in the world for that. Shouldn't have done it with Bailey, but he's here. Why not? You, you, you weren't saying that last, last uh, 
playoff season, we thought Bailey had taken the leap. Yeah, I guess. You know? Ba- Bailey, Bailey just crapped out this year. Yeah. You know? Well, I, 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 I crapped I, out again. <laughs> again, yeah. I mean, I, I give him, I'll give him credit for that. That's fine. But at some point, you've got you to make a move to help your team. You can't keep stockpiling and waiting and waiting and waiting and make the move to help your team. And he did that by trying to get Vanek. Yeah. That move, that, he, that trade that he made in October was a move that said, okay, we're, Vanek is a much better player than Molson. This is going to improve our team. I didn't buy the chemistry nonsense that, oh, you know, it's Tavares' best friend and they traded him. And that was, that was nonsense because, as it turned out, they were the best, like you said, they were the best line in hockey for two months. And he made the team better with that trade. Problem, his, his problem is his short-sightedness. In that, yeah. in that yeah. situation. And you know what? You brought up, you, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you brought up one of the key factors. And this I will absolutely kill him on. And that's you stockpile talent, you stockpile talent, you stockpile young talent. You can't sign a free agent. You know you can't sign a big free agent. Your only outlet, your only uh, recourse to build a team is a trade. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 very it's very Sandy Alderson ish. Has he fallen in love with draft picks, Cal? Maybe he has. Like, if somebody calls about Strom, he just won't listen. Well, look, we've we've talked about this before. You always overvalue your own guys, especially the ones you draft. Always, you fall in love with them. They're your guys, you know. Look at look at the kid they just traded for. They yeah. wanted to draft. Yeah, I know. And then they wound up getting them. Right. So so that so that does happen. Um, so you almost have to grade that on a curve. That's, there's always going to be an element of that. Right. You know, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, well. I don't know. What, what, tell me, tell me what the talent is there. What do they need to do? What do they need to do? Because maybe they're not that far. Maybe this, was, maybe this will turn out to have been a blip. If they make the right moves, they could get right back into contention. Oh, I don't they think, have a lot of talent. I, I, I don't think... I don't think – to me, there's no question they could, they could absolutely get back into contention next year if they make the right moves. Do no you question. Think, do, you, do you think they're a goalie away? Are you they know, just you, goalie you know, away? You know what? I, I kind of do. I kind of do. It's, it's pretty wild how much better that defense is, that defensive core – is with a competent goalie in the net. Like, the difference between Poulin and Nabokov with the, de- the defense playing in front of them mm-hmm. is, is night and day. Yep, and Nabokov stinks. And Nabokov's not even that good at all. Mm-hmm. He's, he's barely a competent NHL goalie. So I do think there's three things for me. I'll say. Three things I can think of off the top of my head. Yep. Th- that makes them. I already know I agree with you, but go ahead. Right back next year. One is absolutely a goalie. First. Like a, like a re- first and foremost, like a real goalie. Right. Two is a new coach. Yep. And it's time for this guy to go. I mean, what are, the, what are these appointments for life? What is this? 
that seems to be the the standard operating procedure over in that organization. Right. And then three is they're moving to Brooklyn. Next year is the last year in Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, Brian. The old barn. Yep. Need a splash free agent. Yep. If it's Vanek, if it's Callahan, whoever. Need a splash free agent veteran Preferably a guy like Vanek or Vanek. Um, I'm going to be Vanek. To, I, I don't know how you can say that out of school. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not willing what, what, to say, I'm not willing to say that make, out of school. What's going to make him come back? What's going to change in 18 games that's going to make him come back? What's going to change with this organization? I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, a bigger offer. They can't make a bigger offer. They can't. They they, they had the max they could have offered him as his own, as their own guy. But they, they have didn't. To make they a didn't less. But they didn't offer him the max. Well, they offered him the max years. They offered him the seven years. Yeah, but they didn't offer him the max money. Yeah. And I do. I do think there's something to him playing here for 50 games with John Tavares. I don't see it. I think I think he 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 wants to. Well, let's. If you get if you get Ryan Miller, Cal, is he coming here then? No. He's not. He's not. If you make it, if you make a commitment to a real goaltender, I don't. He, know, think, I he don't, knows what this team has coming up. He knows who they are. He knows they have the Stroms and the Anders Lees and the, you know, the the Brock Nelsons and there's a lot of young talent and, and Pollock and Griffin Reinhardt and. And he gets to play on a line with Tavares and Oposo again. And they get a real genuine goalie and fire Capuano. Let me let me ask you, real goalie, real coach. You got a you got a much better shot. Laviolette and Ryan Miller. You got a much better shot. I don't I I think you need a you need a real goalie. You need a real coach, and he needs to see that the offers are not what he expects them to be out there. And they're moving to Brooklyn. Don't forget. I don't, I don't know what that means, though. That doesn't... They're moving to a real arena yeah. where there's going to be all sorts of excitement, first class facility, and they're moving out of a place that's 45 years old and is falling down. Yeah, for the for the players, it's good. Um, you, you're talking about him signing a seven year deal, Brian. Six well, of those years are going to... It would be a six-year deal. Right. But I'm saying six of those years are going to be... Or five of those years are going to be in a top-flight facility. Right. With a, with, a, with a concrete wall behind one of the nets. And a, and a really a rabid fan base. Because the Isles fan base is going to go with it, and Brooklyn is going to provide new fans. It absolutely will. Yeah. That's a selling point. He can yeah. finally sell that. But he, but he could have sold that this year to him too. I'm sure he tried to, right? Right, and, right, and he and he didn't buy into it. So that's my point. What's going to change? I'm not saying they're going to sign him. I'm saying they have a chance to. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm thinking that their chance is not that great. Well, you're a pessimist. Well, and you're an optimist. How about those Yankees? Should we wrap? Yeah, it's it's almost two hours. Free agency NFL next week. Yeah, free agency NFL uh, spring training. We got um, a lot. Still got a lot of baseball to talk about. Yep, we, which we will get to next week. 
Mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. We'll be we'll be on the on the eve of that next week. Are you Johnny's going? Oh, it's gonna be close. My boys, close. my boys are on the bubble too. Yeah, I think I think the the conference tournament's gonna big win last night for the UD Flyers. By the way, yep, beat uh, St. Louis on the road. So it's gonna be number seventeen ranked St. Louis. The yeah, Billikens. that's that's Billikens of St. Louis. Gonna help the RPI. It should help the RPI. Okay, but we'll see. You know, uh-huh. I. I I, I think um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah, I want the Jets to sign Eric Decker. Oh, I am. I could not agree with you more. Next week, I'm ready to unload. How's that? For, how's that for a teaser? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about that because yeah. I, I'm I'm almost irrational about it. <laughs> about Decker? Yeah, yeah. Like, like if they don't sign him, I'm going to be really upset. Really. Wow. Yep. I'm so fu- that's, that's so funny that you mentioned that. Yep. I've been keeping that under my hat. And it just happened the other night. Oh, I've oh since since the end of, since before the season no, ended. No, I've been I've been against it, against it, against it. But now I have a whole plan where they can they they sign Decker, and now that frees him up to uh, get Eric Ebron in the draft in the first round. Uh, because that that the wide receiver is very deep in this year's draft, and it won't be a need in the first round, and they could get the ridiculous. Uh, mismatched tight end mm-hmm. uh, who's tremendous and all of a sudden you receive a call looks pretty good okay I absolutely love where you're going with this <laughs> I like what you've done here I can't, next week can't get here fast enough now when is uh, free agency open up? Monday? no the, 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 thir- the, the 13th the 13th would be next Thursday March 11th Tuesday things pick up uh, the March 8th negotiating period and the market will rapidly, uh, rapidly uh, evaporate one week after the official sale. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do the thing. Do the thing. You went uh, Groner. House of Groan. House of Groan. House of Groan. House of Groaner. The official start is March 11th. Tuesday. Tuesday, March 11th. So we'll, Thursday they, night will be hot and heavy. Yeah, because, because things happen quick in the NFL. They By do. Thursday night, we're going to know a lot. I love it. I love and, it then, and then we'll move into draft season. Bingo. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hey, guess what, buddy? Yeah, I know. Three weeks from... Two weeks. Two weeks from Monday? Two weeks from three Monday. Weeks, three weeks from Monday, we will be at City Field. Oh, I'm going to be there two weeks from Monday. Anything going on that day? But <laughs> you'd be by yourself. I think Fleet, I think Fleetwood Mac is playing. I have that. Cow final unload. This is Buckingham. Running out of time. Um, my final unload is uh, we we lost a real innovator today. I don't know if you heard about this, Dr. Frank Job passed away. Dr. Frank Jove basically invented the Tommy John surgery. And he passed away today. I think he was 88 years old. So it really revolutionized the way pitchers come back from these injuries. And that hits very close to home for us. Because hopefully a year from now, we'll have all three of our studs in the rotation. But Dr. Frank Joe passes away at the age of 88. 
All right, and my final unload is... Um, I mentioned before seeing Inside Lewin Davis. Um, I highly recommend go out and check the soundtrack out at least. It's really, really good. It's really, really good, and I've been listening to it nonstop, and I, I just I don't know why it sort of reached out and grabbed me, but it's excellent. So uh, uh, check it out. It's really nice. All right, we'll see you next week. No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow. Go see it. They're really good people. Good people. Good night, Cal. Good night. Good night, Garth Snow. Goodbye. Sorry we had to do this to you tonight. <laughs>